Would you like to play a game? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Now stay on the line. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stay on the Line, a horror genre podcast where we sometimes don't record audio and we talk for fun for an hour. My name is Tara Card, and I am with producers Brandon Perras as well as Michael. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay, I know how to say your last name. I'm so overwhelmed right now. I'm so sorry. Oh, um, Michael. Um, <laughs> How do you say your last name? <laughs> I can't do it. I'm like it's okay. this. Like, Ahern. Ahern. Yes, like it's okay. And we brought up trauma. Um, trauma. <laughs> hey, you know I have a I do a talent at a pageant, which is award winning. Thank you. Um, and I say I I voice the whole thing, and I say, you know, where do I get my creativity from? It's from trauma. Trauma. And I feel like we're experiencing trauma right now. Hi everyone. Say Whoa, hello to dude. Brandon and Michael. Hello. Michael, Hi. would you like to tell them what just happened? Yeah, um, we've been talking for um, a, a full hour. <laughs> and at the end of that beautiful hour of very engaging conversation, uh, we realized that the audio wasn't We? <laughs> we? Do you speak French now? We? <laughs> I realized that after a lovely time talking to both of them, that I did not have the audio captured for them, and only my fat ass is speaking the entire time. Well, you know, if you know ASL and you can lip read, please interpret that video. I'll put the I'll put the one sided interview on my Patreon, and y'all can decipher what happened. It's performance art. No. Yeah, because you can see me look stupid for an hour and a half. It's very performative. For those who don't know who Brandon and Michael are, um, they are both the the talents behind Death Drop Gorgeous, as well as their newest movie that's coming out in April, Saint Drogo. Now, fellas, how are y'all feeling right now? Doing good. I need a drink. I feel I like I'm having um like secondhand sweats like you are. Like I feel I'm I'm actually getting quite warm. I wonder if it's uh, it's transferring. <laughs> I feel like I'm having deja vu. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a nightmare. Like you know the nightmare that I don't even know if I said that when we were recording. I had a really bad nightmare where people I the people knew I was dreaming. Um, yeah, do your rewind tactic. What's right the now. Re- you, you Oh, oh shit. Oh my god, I wish that was real. So, <laughs> we talked about how in a really bad nightmare I had that I could rewind. It doesn't matter. It, everyone knew I, I rewinded. Everyone knew I lucid dreamed in the dream. We talked about, uh, what was it? Inception. You, Inception, yep. Oh, yeah. yep. You, uh, okay, yep. Yeah. Michael, dream, who, who are dream. you? Uh, New are England filmmaker, okay. writer. We're recording now, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god. Uh, Creative Death Drop Gorgeous adds the upcoming St. Drogo. Oh my god, I gotta get my notes yeah. out again. Oh. <laughs> Brendan, who are, Brendan, who are you? <laughs> I'm turning my camera um, off. Yeah, so, from New England. Uh, oh, no, um, keep horror, going, keep going, hold on. Horror filmmaker, uh, horror author. Um, I love uh, metal and noise rock and pushing queer content into the world's Especially now, more than ever. You should just wing this interview now that we did the formal one. Off. It's actually kind of nice to have. This like... is why you should take notes on paper and not on a phone that's dying, so you can ask your questions again and it not be um mess. Up. Wow, I feel like I nailed it the first time, and now I feel like shit has officially. I shitted myself. I'll be honest, I shitted myself. I'm not trying to stress you out, Michael. I know I am. Oh, no. Um, One of the dogs is snoring, and I was like, what is that noise? But it's one of the dogs snoring. That's my breathing, Michael. Oh, that's you. Yeah, that's that's me. Asthmatic? No, just over 200 pounds. Hi. (laughs) So, oh my god. The way you came back... And obviously the the lovely outfit you're wearing, but you're just like looking down. You're just like, Hi. and then just like this creature just like reappears. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, so let's do some would you rathers to get to know each other. <laughs> would you rather be stuck in a loop where someone tries to kill you? Y'all have never heard these questions before. Would you rather be stuck in a loop where someone's trying to kill you like in Happy Death Day? Or would you rather be plagued by nightmares from uh, Freddy um, uh, from the Nightmare on Elm Street? Um, Brandon, trauma. <laughs> Trauma for you, Brandon. Reliving it again. So I actually had a problem with Freddy Krueger nightmares. I was afraid of all horror movies, but Freddy was the worst and had to go to a doctor for it and was prescribed Benadryl. But um, I do actually kind of enjoy more of the fantasiful nightmares, that, not not the realistic ones, but the uh, the, the kind of fantasy ones are good inspiration. So kind of, I'll go, I'll go I, with the Freddy nightmares. I love that they only gave you Benadryl. They were like, oh, just take this. And you know what? It's probably like, it was just actually like just sugar water like in it. Like it, it really didn't do anything, but it made you feel better. What is it called? Placebo? Yeah. That's a good drag name. Placebo. Placebo. I think I'd rather be caught in a loop where I'm killed every day because mm-hmm. I love sleep and I need to sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I would have never thought you would say Would that. you have guessed that? Yeah. Did you? Well, my name's Tara Carr, and I'm kind of yeah, like a psychic. Yeah, did you see that coming? Like, uh, and, you know, if you were to be on a, a 24-hour date with Pearl from Pearl or Annie Wilkes from Misery, something tells me y'all might say Pearl, but, like, I'm going to just shoot the question towards y'all. Wow, that's really impressive, because I was going to say Pearl. Oh! I feel, like, I feel like Pearl and I, <laughs> Pearl and I could watch old Hollywood movies together and mm-hmm. we'd be fine mm-hmm. and she wouldn't try to stab me with a pitchfork mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brandon mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'd go with pearl as well um i think annie wilkes house probably smells a little bit it was like dusty and oh she like, probably smells like a wet oh. dog yeah and pearl has like cute farm animals that she kills well the goose oh yeah the, you know what some people make it out the gator would you oh no it wasn't a would you rather but i read it again like as if it was a would you rather again chucky versus megan in a lip sync you know what let's throw an animal let's let's annabelle from the movie animal you know what let's have a three-way lip sync and let's let's switch it up they're battling it out who's gonna win who are you betting your money on megan 100 percent. still 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 megan right anna does Annabelle even move? Um, I feel like they moved the limbs for her, like a marionette. Oh, I thought like <laughs> Annabelle just like appeared sitting in other places. She's very much like Weekend at Bernie's. Like you don't see her moving, <laughs> but you know she does move at times when the demon is picking her up. You that mean, movie like, doesn't make Paul? sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love Rue. <laughs> yeah, but if, the demon's just picking her up. If they're listening, I love Rue. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, Michael, you're frozen. Is Michael frozen for you? He's frozen. Yeah, oh my God. He's stuck in the loop. The He's stuck loop. In the, you know what? You ask and you shall receive. Michael, <laughs> Michael, can you hear us? Did your did your computer die? You know what, Brandon, since you haven't answered. Oh, wait, Michael, I see your lips moving. Are you alive? Sorry. Did you I get can a- hear you. Can you hear me? Maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know. This Wi-Fi, man. Okay. Cricket wireless. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who, who do you think is going to win in that lip sync battle, Brandon? The one for the ages, Annabelle or Megan or Chucky standing over oh, there? Oh, Megan's got that in the bag. Megan the trainer. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That little gingerman's Chucky. Not gingerman's. <laughs> I'm screaming. This is when I start talking about the movie, and y'all, you both have said that y'all love eighty slasher movies. Mm-hmm. What were what have been some biggest inspirations for y'all in terms of 80 slashers? And whenever you make a film, whenever you're referencing 80 slashers, do you like to put like a twist to it to where you add your own originality? And give me some very unique answers I've never heard before. <laughs> um, I think Death Drop and St. Drogo were slightly different in that regard. I think uh, St. Drogo is very much like folk horror inspired, uh, sort of like The Wicker Man and also like Rosemary's Baby. But there isn't really homage to those movies um, in St. Drogo. It's just I feel like like, it's just vibes, you know. (laughs) Um, But Death Drop was much more intentional in sort of taking uh, a scene from a movie we loved and sort of like putting our spin on it and then like fitting it back out, um, which is uh, 
sort of like drag. I feel like that's why it works well with Death Drop is like it's uh, one's interpretation of like pop culture or or art and sort of like making performance out of it. Um, so like in Death Drop, we have like there's uh, a Twin Peaks reference. There's um, there's even a seven reference, actually. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So we just kind of throw a lot of things in there. And that was a little more intentional, whereas St. Drogo's just vibes. Was the Saint that was the the head in the box, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. the head in the box. I'm which not saying actually... from Death Drop. Yeah. Yeah, that one was actually supposed to be um, a fear reference, right, Brandon? Yeah. Ty um, Wahlberg. Yeah, we wanted to put the pup head through a doggy door, but we didn't have a doggy door available to us. <laughs> Work. You know what? That's when you just get like some plywood from from like a dumpster and just cut a hole in it and paint it and just be like, yep, yeah, this is totally a realistic wall. So that's how we made the glory hole. <laughs> yeah, that's how we made the oh, glory yeah. hole. <laughs> the infamous glory hole. Yeah. And and I was saying to them in a in a hypothetical universe, um, that whenever I watched that movie, it was very intense uh, when that scene came on. So <laughs> in a magical land and in, in, our, in our multiverse of madness, there was a recording that did work. And we did talk about that. <laughs> um, how about for, for you, Brandon, how, how do you feel about referencing um, the old wave and kind of putting a twist to it? Well, I think like it's um, with 80 slashers and camp, um, you can get away with this stuff more and it's more paying paying homage in those genres i think is a little bit easier than like trying to do that in a more serious genre i think it's a you start hitting that level of pretension where it's like oh they're ripping off this movie but we, we didn't really go into san drogo at all with like referencing any other films we just kind of had a, a really awesome um you know like image palette and like an awesome story that we wanted to just go for um or with death drop like we were saying out loud like let's reference misery like when when uh, wayne's shoving the bingo cards into ninny's mouth like that's mm-hmm. like misery where she you know he's putting the, the like the, the, in the pages in her mouth like we said that out loud like let's let's do like a misery homage like it was it was just fun i think it's a um i, I think when like people watch these kind of like camp films and 80s slashers they love the easter eggs they love just the stupid little like fun references and stuff like, i i personally love that stuff too so mm-hmm. we just kind of want to make it fun for everybody and y'all said that St. Drogo was supposed to have more of like a serious approach, a little bit more scarier. Um, what led to that decision from, you know, the, it's going to be very counter opposite of mm-hmm. Death Drop Gorgeous. So like what led to y'all being like, you know what, let's change it a little bit and really just scare bitches. I think, um, I think COVID had a big hand in that. Like um, Mike and I live together, uh, with my partner, Ryan, who's also uh, helped us with San Drogo. And like we, um, we, we knew we were going to have a really small cast and crew to film this. And we filmed in the winter time. There was like four or five of us. And um, we kind of wanted to make a more scary, sinister story um, and just kind of, you know, go for it. Uh, we made Death Drop, like, you know, half the writers and, and you know, the other crew, like Chris Delpy and Wayne, um, love like the, you know, the camp, the camp stuff too. And uh, we were able to get that out of our systems with Death Drop. I think like Mike and I want to explore more of like just doing something a little bit scarier and more serious. Because um, we have yeah. a project coming out, we want to do that combines all of it. So like um, Chris and Wayne and my partner Ryan, all of us. This, this, the next one we're doing is very like um, kind of like right down the middle. It's campy, but it's also kind of serious too. So it'll be like a, a combination of all these worlds coming together. I think like what initially drew me to horror, or maybe not initially, but like at some point I was like very intrigued about like what images scare people or like what situations what sort of scenes and moments like terrify people and i thought we wanted to try and challenge ourselves to make something scary uh because i think we did not to you know no brag brag brag. um i think we did like we made a like i watched death drop and i've seen that movie like 1000 times and like i don't like particularly enjoy sitting through it but when i do sit through it again like i laugh still like we i think we made like a pretty fucking funny movie um (laughs) a quotable movie and i think we did it well and so i think we just want we're inspired by a lot of different genres and i think we just wanted to kind of explore uh what else we could do are we just going to be a camp queen? No, we're going to be a spooky queen, too. Yeah. <laughs> I might be both. I don't know. From the time from Death Drop to St. Drogo, what is some 
things that you took from rewatching it and just working through that that you applied to this movie where you're like, okay, this is what we can do better. This is how we can get the shot better. This is how we can do a death sequence better. I know y'all said originally that the script was 140 pages long, and I, you know, I just knew that because I'm psychic. Um, yeah. So, like, how did that? Um, there goes that timer. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to literally jump. <laughs> You're totally fine. It's okay. This I'm going to jump from my one story window and hopefully land on my neck. So the spikes <laughs> will protect you. <laughs> okay. But I, I will say it now. Okay. Answer that question. You got it. Okay. Come on. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, when we were writing death drop, we were just uh, doing a lot of yes. ands, and we had 140 pages and we, we didn't know what we were doing and we didn't know that. I mean, I think at some point I heard that a page in a script is usually equal to a minute. Uh, yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone somewhere told me that. Um, and so when it came to St. Drogo, we were like, let's just streamline um, a story. Like, let's just say like a, a single arc storyline and not throw, uh, oh, let's have two closeted cops. And then also let's have this busted drag queen talking about dead bodies and let's also throw in um i don't know a, a, a sex scene uh mm-hmm. whereas this was how do we take all those things but make it one like straight very easy to follow plot mm-hmm. um so that was one of the things we learned i think the saint drogo script is like 70 pages <laughs> okay um so yeah we we decided to to smarten up in that regard we also brought on an actual uh, camera person this time. So our friend Kevin, he actually scored a, a good chunk of um, Death Drop Gorgeous too. Um, brought him on board, and it just took a lot off our plate too because like when we were filming Death Drop, um, like I was, I did primarily majority of the, the uh, filming and you know trying to act in it, film, and like we're running around doing lighting, like Mike's acting and doing lighting, and we're all just doing like wearing like a million hats. So it was nice to have something that large taken off our plate. And, you know, my boyfriend, Ryan, that's you know, uh, doing the editing right now is uh, he did sound for um, Drogo and Death Drop and he's doing all the editing. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of nice to have people there to take away some of the responsibilities. So it's not like, um, you know, like our, our drag queens that are acting the film holding lights for us. And, yeah. you know, it's just craziness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like imagine Eddie Murphy doing like Norbit, but he's also the <laughs> film person. Like, sir, yeah. <laughs> sir, you're doing a lot right now. And we had we had a good chunk of that in Drogo too, but um, you know, we we I think we got stuff done a lot faster and more more concise. And we were a little more deliberate about making sure like I just feel like we we took a little more time uh when it came to being on set and making sure we got the shots we wanted. Um whereas Death Drop was very like guerrilla style uh asking some club owner if we could mm-hmm. shoot a quick scene before they opened on like a Saturday night. Um, that's kind of like the charm to it though because it, yeah. it also it's like I'm getting my community involved and like you know we're yeah. all making a movie together so that's yeah, like, yeah. I know like every like bad reviews happen everybody I don't really give a fuck I love when we get clocked for using non-actors and having a small budget and looking cheap and it's like yeah we know like <laughs> literally like you're, you're pointing out all facts so. we see the man behind the curtain y'all it is okay <laughs> I yeah. wish you could see, like, when we have, like, eight hours at a club, like, the amount of fucking shit and hustling we had to do, like, mm-hmm. setting up that entire bingo sequence, that big fight that happens at the end. Like, we had such a limited amount of time, and we had to, like, run in and just, like, fucking do it. <laughs> uh, it was, like, a tiring, exhausting day. Like, these 12-hour days of, like, people volunteering their time, people volunteering, you know, doing their drag. So it was mm-hmm. just, like, it's wild. Yeah, I mean, and even just setting up, setting up takes like sometimes oh. just like an hour to just set up the shot. You haven't even hit record on anything yet, or making sure everyone's there on time, and even doing that in drag. It's drag is like bitch setting up my body, putting pads mm-hmm. on it takes an hour, you know. Yeah. And if I have to piss or take a shit, I'm going home. It's 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 the end of the day for me. I'm so sorry. You guys have said before in a long ago um that you know you you wouldn't have called yourselves director like film directors or film yeah just film directors before death drop gorgeous and you know post that how was that how did that make y'all feel knowing that you just made a movie like you have something now that people are viewing it's on streaming platforms video on demand it's on tubi shutter you know how did the classic tubi um so how was it (laughs) 
like, uh, you know, was it like a little rewarding? Like, how did y'all feel in that moment? Like, wow, I just put out a movie. I just put out my first movie. It, it was wild because, like, when we filmed this, we like we thought this, it was just gonna be like a YouTube classic. Like, we didn't think it was gonna go as far as it did. We like, uh, like Mike mentioned earlier, it's like once we started filming, the um, the level of profession that professionalism that these actors were giving our film, like Gloria Hole and like um, nothing, these drag queens were, they were in there. We had to do them justice and make this fucking movie because they're doing so good. So like, we really just like went from like this is gonna be YouTube classic to like let's see how far we can push this and take this and not be afraid to to contact um, you know people at Shutter, people at Screenbox, mm -hmm. people in the industry, and just keep like submitting to festivals and just see how far we can go and mm -hmm. like. You know what that like that's stupid saying like the squeaky wheel gets the grease like you just have to you have to put yourself out there and do it um so the fact that it got as far as it did was not anything we ever anticipated um but it was it was really nice to see like a, a movie made entirely by queer people down to the special effects the fucking music like the the venues like it's just like it's it was just great to see it get out there like that mm -hmm. yeah even to this day sometimes it's still like is uh it's very like like grounding uh like we even today we just uh we we're in our little death drop group ch group chat we were we found out we uh got a shout out in that book um the the black guy dies first which is this horror uh book about um like black horror cinema mm -hmm. uh and death drop has a shout out in it and we were oh. just like what the fuck yeah like it was just like kind of cool like so even today like little things like that still like surprise me um and yeah i don't know it's kind of it's fun um i don't even know like even the 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 label filmmaker still feels like silly to say mm -hmm. like if i'm like i'm a filmmaker um, <laughs> like ma'am you have an only fans like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah so it still feels like a little silly to say but um but it uh every time it gets like once a month we'll get we'll like get a random tweet that's like finally watched death drop gorgeous and it was fucking great um and that's always like heartwarming it's really mm -hmm. nice i feel like saying you're a filmmaker is better than me like i'm a podcaster i've been like Ugh. gay people we've heard of them before <laughs> hi gay y'all said it's kind of important to have queer centered you know spaces you know everyone's gonna be queer on a set but y'all make it a choice to at least have your leading cast in the film be queer so why is that a choice for y'all like why do y'all want to do that um i think like uh like growing up um i was more like the um you know in the music world there's a lot of bands and stuff and i got really excited when i knew like members of bands i liked were gay it was like super exciting like i didn't i was in the sports there wasn't like really any gay people out that i could look up to so it was like really cool to see like oh, gay people can play metal. Gay people can be in, like, punk bands and noise rock bands. Um, then I started finding out, like, a lot of, like, you know, film actors were gay that were playing these roles, too. Like, that was kind of inspiring, too. So I feel like it's almost like me giving back, like, putting, you know, putting it out there, like, we have queer people in our films that are doing special effects, that are acting, that are directing, that are writing, and maybe, like, you know, like, little, you know, gay youth are gonna, can look up and be like, oh, are, there are gay people in the, in the film industry, in the metal mm -hmm. and noise rock industry. Like, I can aspire to be these things. Um, so, I mean, that was important to me when I was younger. So I kind of feel like that's like, I owe that back to, to, you know, everybody, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me lately, it's been important to remember that the goal of queer art should never be just mainstreaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's when, if your goal is just to mainstream gay, if that's the gay agenda, then like you're kind of like losing all character when it comes to uh queer art so i think it's been important for me at least with our projects and not just films but like events we throw or or whatever it may be that like it's not about creating like bros for example like that wasn't like that was a gay movie, but it wasn't a gay movie. It was just It like, seems like it was for a demographic that is not us. Um, right, yeah. So, and, you know, we did talk about it in a long-ago part where we said, like, you know, sometimes it's easy for gay people to hate things or, like, mm -hmm. you know, gay people to come for other gay people. But I feel like that bros movie was like, is this for, is this for gay people? Yeah, that was a Billy. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't want to yeah spend my next two minutes tearing down bros, which I could do. Um, but no, we got the time apparently. So, <laughs> um, I just it's been important 
that our stories or whatever we're making isn't just like, well, we want to make the gay version of uh, a straight thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I feel like our, our approach to things has been very much the, the, like Brandon was saying, like the sort of creating something for youth or for other people to realize that there are other gay people and it's not just, this sort of like corporate sponsorship version mm-hmm. that's being fed to us mm-hmm. um, through Hulu. But if Hulu wants, you know, but if Hulu wants to fund our next film, yeah. you let us know. Don't ruin this for me, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, uh, off of something you just said, you know, if you had to do an all gay version of something, you know, they did an all female Ghostbusters. So if mm. you had to do an all gay version of a horror series or movie or anything, what would it be? Hmm. Yeah, I have a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this one we didn't prep for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I had to make sure y'all had the practice trial first so you didn't say anything bad. I honestly, this isn't a horror thing, but something that Brandon and I have like kind of joked about, I would really love to make a sleazy 80s action movie that's also like very gay. Because they're already very like inherently gay. Crop the, tops the, and all. Yeah, the, the the clothing, the sweatiness, the, yeah. Um I think that would be really fun, but obviously we don't have like a budget to do like exploding helicopters. Uh, I don't know which one specifically, but I think it'd be really fun to do like an 80. No, I think what you should do is you can still have an exploding helicopter, but it has to be a mini figurine. Okay. And it has to look, you know, like in spice world when they Mm -hmm. have that, it goes over the bridge. It goes over the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would make it even 10 times better. If you had a clear (laughs) transformers helicopter that just exploded. You're just encouraging me right now, so... You're welcome Maybe for the that'll creativity. Be our next... <laughs> well, Brandon, what are you adding to the table? Yeah, that that's a really tough one. Because um, I feel like... <laughs> sometimes, like, when these, in these horror movies, when they're, like, representing, like, masculinity, it just comes off as, like, really gay. So I'm trying to think, like, where to... <laughs> that's a really, really tough question. I'll, I might have to come back to that one. Mm. <laughs> What would you do? I think I would... I can't say Nightmare on Elm Street because there's already a gay one, okay? Mm -hmm. There's already a gay one. He has the limp wrist, too. I would probably say... Give us a gay-ass Jaws, like... Oh, yeah. With a bunch of lesbians. Oh, my God. The lesbians would kill the shark way too quick, though. Okay, well... The lesbian can come in at the, like, the third act to, like, finish it off. Like, would, the whole movie should just be the gays family. That's usually me in, in a threesome, too. I come in the third act and I finish it off, okay? Um, I would... I would, you know what? No, a gay Evil Dead. Evil Dead is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I had yeah. the Japanese original poster right here. Um, I would say a, a gay Evil Dead. Because they already are a bunch of couples in that first movie and the remake, so why not? Yeah. And you know, Ash, he loses his arm, so you know, that could, you know, never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, you finished the story. You yep. finished the story. If you were to make any horror movie and you could cast anyone in it, doesn't matter the budget or who the fuck it is, they just have to still be alive because that would be kind of weird. Who would you cast to play your lead in a horror movie? I'm going to stick with my gut. Not original. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say uh, Kristen Stewart. I would love to see Kristen Stewart in a horror movie, and I love her. Wait, did you say Kristen Stewart before? I mean, um, (laughs) once a time. Wow, you you weren't listening to me. No, you said... um... Because we were talking about Hayden Penance here after. I don't think you... you did you I say said Kristen? Kristen Stewart, and then you you started talking about Hayden Penance here. I feel like you very said somebody else. And you know what? Gay rights. Gay rights. <laughs> she is in a horror movie. No, Kristen she isn't. Stewart? I no, mean, she, under, she, Underwater was... Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a little, little horror-esque. Yeah. Twilight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The Lizzie Borden one too. <laughs> yeah, that okay. movie was supposed to be campy. Did you know that? Twilight. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Lizzie Borden movie. Oh. And then they made it serious. Is that the one where she's like coming real hard down the hallway, or is that a different one? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
Wait, are we talking about the the scene? <laughs> she's like going down the hallway and she's like gripping the walls. I think she's supposed to be in the distra- Wait, I think that's when she's Diana, Princess oh, Diana. That's yeah. the Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Brandon, Brandon, who, who what um, who would you cast? Uh, I cast Alex Esso. Um, I don't know. I, I'm like obsessed with her. I don't know why. I think she has an awesome look. I love to put her in some weird role. Um, her or um, my undying love for Tom Hardy. I'd like to put him in a movie too. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Too. I feel like you said Tilda Swinton. I did. You said Sigourney yeah. Weaver. <laughs> okay. Now what? I didn't say. You said Sigourney Weaver. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. Okay. Okay. You know what? I want to see Kristen Wiig. Let's put her in more things. Is she? What is she doing nowadays? Well, wasn't she in the Wonder Woman movie? Yeah, that was like the uh, last thing, right? I don't, I don't keep up with those movies. She was in Mother. Did you watch Mother? Mother, the oh. Aaron Aronofsky movie? Yeah, right. That's Was the, she? Oh, God, it's been a she's while. In, she's in Mother. She's like just there. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of remember that. Michelle Pfeiffer's in that movie too, right? Yeah. I she's... saw that in theaters. That It was upsetting. It's wild. And not in a good way. Yeah. We're going to go to an ad break. And what are we going to be talking about, y'all, when we come back? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all gorgeous. Uh, Saint they Drogo. Drogo. Okay. Ourselves. Okay. And horror. Yeah. What did you call me? <laughs> a horror? Okay. A horror. Mm-hmm. To society. Hey guys, if you're listening this far into the podcast, I need you to go to iTunes or anywhere that you can review your podcast. And I would love it if you left a rating and a review on this podcast. It would mean a lot, preferably five stars and a good rating. And just leave a comment there. A positive one. Don't call me an idiot or anything like that. That would be kind of mean. And if you hear that, that's Sunny in the background. She's here for this ad break. You're going to hear her on every episode that there's going to be an ad break now. So. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Oh, can I do one in Spanish? Sure. Bienvenidos. Estás escuchando al podcast de Data Card. Stay on the line. Si estás escuchando, lo puedes encontrar en iTunes, Google Podcasts y donde quieras que puedas escuchar el audio de Stay on the Line. Por favor, deja cinco estrellas si puedes de todo este comentario que vamos a hacer. Gracias por todo y tengan buena noche. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Gracias. Or how Americans say, Dana da. Thanks, Dana da. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about what, Michael? We're talking about horror. And. Death Drop Gorgeous. And. St. Drogo. And. <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> you gotta do all the drag moves. Okay. <laughs> Wow. The donkey kick. Yep, yep. That's you saw me do it. So yep, I saw it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, because we talked about remakes once upon a time. And if you were to remake any movie, what would you choose? And why? I really wanted to years ago do a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Rope. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like the it just like creates the landscape for you to write about messy gays um (laughs) and other people are already doing it so that dream has died so it's Mm -hmm. over but did they do it well i don't know it's a stage production now and so probably not oh no it's probably great if they're listening to this we love y'all and if you're not (laughs) listening fuck you yeah okay brandon I, I am dying to remake Neon Maniacs so bad. Um, mm-hmm. If any sugar daddies want to fund this, uh, I don't know if anyone's if you're familiar with Neon Maniacs. It's this wild '80s, just ridiculous movie. It's it's fucking nuts. Um, What's it about? I don't think I've seen it. Tell this, the people without spoiling. <laughs> a spoiling a fifty-year-old movie almost. This army of mutants just invades this town, and like they're just in these ridiculous costumes. It went through production hell. Um, the ending is absurd. It makes no sense. Um, I think with a little budget, a little finesse, it could be just a really bonkers, crazy, just monster, crazy, gory '80s trash movie. But um, mm-hmm. it's there's a lot. There's a lot of good there. I just need some some help. <laughs> okay, okay. Since the '80s is a big ins- uh, inspiration for y'all '80s slashers, 
are there any other er eras of horror that really speak to y'all that you tend to fall back onto that inspires your creativity? For St. Drogo, a lot of it was sort of 1970s, like, kind of horror. Uh, folk horror, definitely. But, like, it was, when we were writing St. Drogo's the first time, I got to watch The Wicker Man and Rosemary's Baby. And, like, those definitely, like, subconsciously, like, seeped in. Just, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Those I think those are... Those are some of my two favorite like horror movies ever, um, especially Rosemary's Baby. It's it's so good around that time. Blandon, yeah, I, I suck at that. I think this, the seventies um, for sure. There's there's some really stellar, amazing films being made back then. Um, again, with small budgets, just a lot of attention to detail, um, gorgeous cinematography, really interesting sound design and lighting. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a good that was a good decade too. And for in horror overall, what is something that really inspired you where you watched it on tv or in a theater or anywhere that made you want to say i think i could do this i think i could produce a film and i could do that and this really just speaks to me i feel like uh i can't i can't think of like something that was a precursor to death drop that inspired me but lately i've been watching a lot of good like micro budget queer horror that's like done that they use their budget intelligently so like skinner inc the outwaters horror in the high desert is all all their budgets are like floating around but like our budget was for death drop and so it's been kind of exciting and inspiring and also like kind of thought provoking to think about how we can make uh a lot with a little money um because i think with death drop we had a little money and we like went balls to the wall uh, but how to think of approaching a story like a little more economically, like if you see Skinnerink or the Outwaters, like it's done very, it's done in a way that uh, an intelligent way that they weren't like let's have twenty drag queens in the movie and <laughs> yeah, um, how do we uh, throw someone through a table? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so that's been a little inspiring lately. Try to think of like how to um, how to simplify. Mm -hmm. But uh, also but still, still deliver on like a, yeah, a, still a make huge it message. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I answered this question wrong before. I see what you're saying now. Like what inspired us to make, you know, to make us feel like we can make these films? What do you um, mean you answered it wrong? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, was, you know, I answered before was a little different, but I, I see that, you know, I see what you're asking this time around. I agree with Mike. I think like um, kind of like going back and seeing some of these films like The Blair Witch Project or um, Henry Portrait with Serial Killer. Uh, Driller Killer, um, Miss Forty Five, some of like the you know the you know that arena of filmmaking, which is su such small budgets, um, and just seeing like how they how they're able to make such an effective, impactful movie. Like you watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and those look like real people just being taped by someone with a camcorder. The the performances that are fantastic. Mm -hmm. The movie's just unnerving and fucked up, um, but it it does the job. And um, you know, I just think like it's it helps you think about like, okay, I'm handed a tiny budget. Like how can we make this the most impactful? And these films are able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even paranormal activity budget was like 10,000 or I don't even yeah. remember. And they made millions. Right. Yeah. So I'm not on wood, you know? Yeah. Saint, Saint, Saint come through. Drogo. Yeah. Saint Drogo. Speaking of Saint Drogo, I wanted to ask y'all a question you've never heard before. Um, what was your favorite part in creating St. Drogo that you can tell us? And the same with Death Drop Gorgeous. Like, something that just, like, you, like, when you're 85 years old, you're gonna be like, oh my god, when that happened, that shit was so fun. Like, what the hell were we doing? <laughs> or, you know, something like that. <clears throat> yeah. I think for Death Drop, um, for me, when it all started, like, um, getting exciting was when other people finally, like, signed on. Because... For a while, it was just us. It was like me, Brandon, Ryan, Wayne, and Chris were like the five uh, amigos there, like wearing all the hats. And we started to bring other people in, like Payne St. James, who played Gloria Hole. Um, and people started like kind of taking our characters and like building off of them and, and performing them in front of us. That's when it started to get really exciting for mm -hmm. me because our... Uh, our cast is are just like local either drag queens or friends or like small uh like stage actors um and that was when it, collaborating with others was like the most exciting part for death drop with for me 
Um, for Saint Drogo, we just watched a, a, a recent like cut of the movie, and um, it's been it, that was very exciting for me because during the process of Saint Drogo, it was like the weather was pretty grueling, and um, it was it was a stressful production, but in completely new ways than Death Drop was. Death Drop, we were kind of we didn't know what we were doing, and we were just hoping for the best, and this was our. St. Drogo was our, we were trying to be a little more deliberate and intentional. And um, you kind of like can't see the forest through the trees sometimes during production. So seeing like a cut of the film and like mm. being reminded why we did what we did was really exciting. Um, yeah. Tubular. Tubular. Yeah. Brandon, what do you have to say? <laughs> for, for Death Drop, uh, my favorite part was like just we create a lot of the sets like within our house, like five of the sets are done here. And I think like just us trying to come up with how to make these scenes look like a drag dressing room, look like Tony's office in the basement of a club, like the glory hole scene, the bathtub scene, um, and just kind of like, you know, MacGyvering all these pieces together. Like we stole a desk, a big metal desk out of an abandoned house. Um, you, you know, we were, we're buying wrapping paper, at the dollar tree to make the walls of the drag dressing room, finding all this shit on Craigslist and offerup.com. And then like, putting this on film and having it like look as, as good as it did. It was like, you know, the locations look great. That was kind of fun. And like the special effects stuff is always amazing too. Like Scott C. Miller um, and Victoria Black and Opulence Black did the special effects for Death Drop. And just being a part of those mm -hmm. processes are always really interesting. Um, a lot of work goes into it and it, it's really neat. It's um, a lot of magic there too. Um, with Drogo too, I, I really, Joe Castro did the special effects in that film. Um, and it's just seeing like how, how this stuff all works. It's, just, it's, it's gross and fun and crazy and sticky and peeling silicone off of my stomach and ripping on my stomach hair and all kinds of crazy shit. It's just funny. Um, but it's I think just like, me and drag, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just, it's just fun. And, you know, we were filming on and off in P town for two years in the wintertime. And I'm just staying at like a really cheap motel. So it was, my favorite part was like after these like long fucking shoots, like being able to like, you know, sit with our, our, our film family and just kind of relax and talk about the day. And it was just kind of very cathartic and fun. Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, I think the, those are my two favorite points of all that. Also, I just realized now when you said Victoria and you said Victoria Black, I was like, oh, that's the Victoria they're talking about. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. It only took me uh, in real life two hours to figure that out. So, <laughs> um, what, what would you say about maybe some horror movies today? I know that 2022 had a really big boom of some really good horror, but I would probably mm -hmm. say within the past few um, years or decades, um, what have been some of your pet peeves with horror making? You know, maybe some of the outcomes or things that really created a mindset of characteristics of people that you just didn't agree with or something like that. Michael, you seem excited. No, no, no. I'm excited because this is, this is a, what a curveball we're being thrown here. Um... Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I was like, I have to switch it up. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want oh, you to be bored yeah. the whole time. No, no, no. no. I don't want to like, oh. I don't want to do like a bitch session, but there's a lot of things that I know for me, my biggest pet peeve right now is just like this undying allegiance to these franchises, which yes, these are beloved franchises, but um, I, I feel like fans need to demand better. I feel like the movies that are coming out attached to these franchises are really piss poor. They're vapid. They're boring. They're uncreative. Say um, their names. Yeah. Say their names. It's all the it's all the sacred franchises that everyone loves, which is fine. I and I think like the horror community was great about them is everyone comes together and they keep these like these actors and directors and films alive, which I really love. Mm -hmm. But the last like three or four years, it's just such blatant cash grab bullshit. Where it's like I feel like as fans of these franchises, you should demand de demand better. Like you don't need to die on these mm -hmm. hills defending these shitty movies. Like it just, it just blows my mind. I just wish that mm -hmm. like we can kind of recognizing a movie is fun and not good like you can have fun with a film or maybe that movie's not for you but like stop acting like these movies are like the next fucking like shining or misery when they're really not good like they're fun but that's it like i don't know it's just it's just wild to me when i feel like there's so much great content happening around us all the time that never sees the light of day mm -hmm. i really wish horror fans would start maybe just digging a little deeper into the underground and um some of the you know the film festivals that are showcasing more of this stuff um yeah go to the theater support these films have a blast but like don't go nuts and don't become assholes online like telling people they're stupid if they don't get it and yada 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 you know where all this goes so you better drag the new halloween movies 
Oh my god. I felt that. Or even the the Texas Chain. Well, you said long ago that you enjoyed the Texas Chainsaw, the original one, and they had one that came out last. The gag is that movie came out last year, and everyone has forgotten about it. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about a lot of the franchises, too. It's just, like, they spit them out, and then, it like, it feels like it was so long ago. And I was like, oh, that was just last year. And then mm-hmm. and we're, we're not even thinking about it I anymore. will say I heard the... I didn't watch it, but Prey, I heard, was really good. There's this new thing that... Not speaking of things that happen in horror, there's this weird new thing that happens now where, like, we have a lot of, like, anti-heroes, and there's a lot of, like... There's always something that sidesteps the tension between the, the main protagonist and the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like, yeah, Prey was, like, looking for a body count. Like, that's why they had, you know, the, the colonizers there. But I feel like they were so loosely attached to the plot. And I felt like it took all the tension away from, like, the main mm-hmm. character and, like, the alien. Um, I, I've seen this in a lot of movies now, too. And I'm not sure, like, what the purpose of that is. It's bizarre mm-hmm. to me. It's usually when there's a female protagonist. I don't know if it's, like, some, like, weird deep-seated misogyny, like, we're afraid to have a woman like, you know, Sigourney Weaver and aliens be like the badass. Like there's always has to be some other stupid like distractor. I don't know. Drag them. <laughs> Death drop, drag them. Yeah. Part of the things that I I think I'm getting a little um, tired with uh, big brain horror that we yeah, talked we about. We talked about big brain horror, wrinkly wrinkly uh, elevated horror the elevated of, highbrow that brain has benjamin button disease because there's a lot yeah. of wrinkles on that brain yeah um, yeah That's i feel like, like like men i i didn't watch men but a oh lot of people my told God. me it was very much like a dick measuring contest with like you know the the smartest people in the room quote unquote who are just like yeah i totally understood everything and the movie is about trauma the movie is about trauma <laughs> and um i'm uh jamie lee curtis the movie is about trauma like trauma. It's, it's giving that yeah i think it's like horrors always had a metaphor like every horror movie there is a metaphor but i feel like we're just like being like beaten over the head with them now and more recent horror i remember there was one and i forget the name and it's probably for the best but there was like this like nonsensical one that was just about like Alzheimer's, but like everything about it was like the metaphor for Alzheimer's. And I was like, this is just so draining. Like, I feel like I'm just like, I'm just being dragged through this. Uh, and so we can blame the Babadook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also too, it's, it's, I get, I know this is, this is crazy too. Like I feel like the directors and writers are saying this is not what the movie is about, but you have the fandom is saying that this was the, what the film is about and they're fighting people online and getting yeah. like rude about it. It's just so aggravating. Like, I like try not to get involved with this stuff. Cause I, again, I love the dedication that horror fans have. It's just like kind of like the, the drag race fandom, but it gets mm. so volatile <laughs> and aggressive and kind of crazy. It's like, guys, this is fucking art. Like, let's like come back to earth. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. And I feel like this, the movement of this, like, the, the brain horror has kind of elevated this bullshit. It's no like, pun intended, because elevated horror. Oh, oh, look at you, Brandon. <laughs> you get a gold star today and no, a I'm sticker. Too. <laughs> yeah, and we did talk about this book that I have in my hands that you can see I got for twenty dollars. Um, this is for those who are just listening: the essential horror movies by Michael. Mallory, not you, Michael. Not me. And it talks about very impactful horror movies that if you are a casual fan of horror movies, you need to watch the ones in here. And it has a lot of good ones. Suspiria's reference in this, Giallo in general, Dracula, uh, The Mummy, not with Brendan Fraser. I heard his real name is actually Fraser. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not Fraser. He was like, people are saying my name wrong this whole time. I was like, work. Um, Anyways... It stops talking about movies around 2012, and I wanted to ask y'all, what is a very important movie to you that you think would be added to a book like this, where it's like, this is an essential horror movie you need to watch, it will change your life. I'm going to say Green Room. <gasps> you haven't heard that You haven't heard that movie before, right? I've, I, someone told me about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's such a. It's just a really, really great thriller horror movie um, about this uh, punk rock band uh, playing at a venue that's run by neo Nazis, and it's like the the fear in it is a very real uh, tactile terror. Um, and it has maybe from Arrested Development, and I love her. I love and, Amy Winehouse, and I love and I love Amy Winehouse as well. 
I had three before, but now I have four. Oh, well, okay. Before three, what? Four movies for this. No, before <laughs> what? You said you. you oh, had I had three, three last time. Uh, this question came to me. I, I, I don't know what a, you're talking about. In a dream. In a dream. No, oh, in a dream. In, the lucid one. In a dream. Um, yeah. Where you, we we rewinded. Okay. <laughs> I, I I echo what Mike's saying about Green Room Four Store, like 100. percent um, that movie just, is just flawless. It's, it's a perfect movie. Um, I would I would also mention Possessor, Piwackets, The Black Coat's Daughter, and mm-hmm. um, Hellbender. I think those movies are just underrated. Not enough people talk about them. Um, but if you haven't seen any of those films, they're they're all those are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I forgot about The Black Coat's Daughter. That one is really good. Oh, good. I have not seen that, so I'll have to add the add yeah. that to the list. Add that to the Wait, list. Emma Stone is that her name? Who can Emma tell? Stone? Is that oh. her? Emma something? Oh, Emma Roberts. I get all the Emma's confused. Wait, is oh. she is she like playing her younger self or older self in that movie or something? She's like a college student, and uh, her her performance in it is nuts. She it, the whole movie's really good. It's like a slow burn. Um, the end is really bleak. It, it's just it's really good. It also has the girl that played Sabrina in the new Sabrina. Okay, oh, no, I I know what you're talking. Does she? Are they the same character in that movie, or is am I just getting that confused? They're they're not. They all look alike though. There's like mm. three of them. There's like the three blonde girls. But uh, white people, yeah. I know. Yeah, there's... I can say that. I know a white person. I think. That those were good answers. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What would you put? I honestly don't even remember what I said in a dream. Um, I, a dream. Prob- I think maybe I had said X or Malignant mm. or Get Out. I enjoyed Nope. I love the anything from really like, I feel like, you know, with horror, when traumatic events happen, we get this boom of very stylistic horror, you know, um, 9-11 has been like one of those moments where when we were just in a war with stupid fucking wars that really inspired a lot of gore horror. And mm. even after the Vietnam War, we started to get like a lot of slashers and, and we got the Texas Chainsaw. We got like really a lot of gruesome things. So I feel like the pandemic has really mm-hmm. jump started this new wave of horror. I feel like horror is kind of becoming the cool thing again, which mm-hmm. is great. Well, it's never really been cool because they don't fucking nominate us for anything. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it's becoming cool again, or at least great. And I love that. So anything really for within the past few years, I would add to that. Also, I've only seen the movie once because it was very traumatic for me, but Hereditary was good. It is a big wrinkle brain movie. Um, no, but, but I, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's, really good. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. I didn't like Midsummer though. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so honestly, sorry. I didn't like it either. We didn't like it. You're in good company. But you know what? I support women's wrongs as much <laughs> as I support women's rights. So. Mm-hmm. I w- I will say Midsummer, where it does succeed. It's the score is beautiful and the, uh, yeah. the set pieces and the, um, the, uh, Set pieces and the, I don't know. <laughs> the ambiance. It's, it's eye candy. The atmosphere. It's, it's, candy. It's, 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 it's stunning. Uh, but yeah, plot wise, it's one of those ones everyone's arguing about. And it's like people are finding things that were there that weren't there. The director's saying that's not what it is, but mm-hmm. people are still going nuts about it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's how I feel about just um, in movies in general. You can also find the good in anything. Um, yeah. But you can also see the bad in movies that are supposed to be really good i I feel like another one oh sorry no no i'm not important go (laughs) i think another one that we should go in that book is it follows oh oh someone maybe once said that before yeah i'm sure someone has thought of that before it's a Mm. it's a modern classic someone that maybe didn't think to look at the recording first and to determine (laughs) if things were going to work properly and also the hills have allies because that was a joke that i made about an hour ago and it was great in that context (laughs) and now it just doesn't make sense (laughs) <laughs> we were just talking about the hills have eyes how you know that's a decent remake that was good mm-hmm. and do y'all have any remakes that y'all enjoy because i know we, we we don't really care for remakes too often so we speak in french again so we oui, we oui. baguette the 80s classics so you know the um the, the, the holy trilogy the thing the blob the fly always get all the credit mm-hmm. which i think those remakes are fantastic mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed the maniac remake with elijah wood i thought that was really fun um mm-hmm. evil dead remake was good I love um, that movie. It's literally one of my favorite horror movies. 
It's great. Yeah. I can't wait for the new one. That is a, like a franchise where I'm like, you haven't been around for 10 years. Bitch, let's see what's going on. And they're making like new installments of it, which I appreciate more than like a reenact, like, you know, the whole fucking shit they do. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi's on board with this one, so I think it'll be good. Mm-hmm. The Blob, The Thing, and The Fly. That was the 80s, right? Yeah, the 80s remakes, yeah. I wonder why they're... I feel like body horror hasn't had that re like surgence yet. I wonder if that's going to happen. Like we get one here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is like terrifying. Body horror scares the shit out of me. Does uh flesh count or is it fresh flesh? Uh that was that's like body horror, right? Have y'all seen that? Fresh was like cannibal horror. Okay. I mean there was some like body horror to it, but but I nothing think- as gross as seeing um uh, Jeff Goldblum physically turned into a gross fly. Yeah. That is one man that in that movie, I'm like, you're hot. And then the middle act, I'm like, okay, get a little <laughs> soft here. And then I have the opposite of a boner at the end of that movie. Like it's just yeah. inside of me hiding. And that's how you get into drag every day, right? No, really. Every time I look in the mirror, um, I, I think the same thing. So I look like Jeff Goldblum as he's vomiting on his hand that's what i meant thank you michael you know michael's saying i'm a fat dumb bitch brandon says i'm hokey pokey and i got a studio that's literally just my bedroom yeah i brought that up again we can bring up my trauma too i'm not afraid i'm not scared though yeah i am afraid of flying yeah i'm going up to chicago later this year i'm driving i don't care i'm just gonna drive so oh and you know what? Here's some horror ideas for you. A horror library movie. There you go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounds great. What are some of y'all you know, what is what is your favorite horror movies? Pan's Labyrinth? <laughs> <laughs> the spirits are telling me. The spirits are telling me that you really like Pan's Labyrinth. That's I so raven. Yeah, that's so raven. No, Tara. It's Tara. That's so okay. Tara. Oh. <laughs> I do love Pan's Labyrinth. Um, it's yeah, I love some fantasy horror. Um, and you know what? Okay. I'd also love. I also love the movie Alien. Oh yeah, I really like that one. <laughs> Brandon. Oh, uh, my favorite horror ever is uh, Hellraiser One and Two. And I love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where it's two separate words, chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact, none of the Chainsaw Massacre movies that are supposed to be remakes, they don't even have the same title. There's always something mm-hmm. different. Mm-mm. You didn't like no, the no, Matthew no. McConaughey one? It had its moments. The Leatherface mm-hmm. one, it's it's okay. It's okay. The Leatherface one, the Leatherface one or the third one? The third one has Matthew McConaughey in it, right? Yeah, I think the third one's just uh, also called Leatherface too, like back Oh, in the really? Day. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it wasn't good. Mm. It's okay. It's like, I, I, I don't know. It's what was your favorite part, Brandon? And look, I, haven't, I haven't seen that one in so okay, long, but okay. I just remember it being kind of meh. <laughs> I like the second one. Yeah. Yeah. The second yeah. one's bananas. I like the stress of the first one too. I feel like yeah. just being on set there, I probably would have had like a, a heat stroke. I yeah. almost had one earlier, so <laughs> just from stress. I like horror movies, and I'm glad that I got to talk to y'all today about <laughs> horror movies for almost three hours. Um, Cause, yep. Mm-hmm. Brandon, <laughs> what do you want to leave us off on? How, how, what, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say. Oh, that, oh, what advice would you give to horror uh, creators who are writing Michael and Brandon? Advice I'd give: um, You got to dedicate time. You got to set aside one or two days a week, and you have to fucking keep working on it. Um, you can't be afraid of what people think. Um, you just really just got to go for it, uh, and that's you know that's that's it. You can't make excuses for yourself. You just got to buckle down and fucking do it. Um, we all have jobs, we're all busy. That's why it took Death Drop and St. Drogo like m- multiple years to make. But you really, if you really want to do it, you just got to do it. Um, and there's mm-hmm. lots of people out there that want to help. So if you have quite, like, there's lots of resources for screenwriting and writing in general, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. If we could do it and did it, then like, seriously, anybody <laughs> could do it. Um, and uh, yeah, I would just add to definitely tap into your community because there's people around you who want to be a part of a project um and gay people are conceited 
they and will they will, will be behind the camera and in front of a camera. Yeah, and and to the side of the camera even. Yeah, yeah. We need a good boom operator. We need a good yeah a good boom mic best boy whatever those mean. Uh, <laughs> and um, my only other piece of advice is that just write a movie with only two characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you've never written a script before, take a script writing class. That also helps out a lot. Um, yeah. I honestly, I actually really like doing script writing. I like writing in general. I, my mm. degrees are in communications and in journalism. But I also took a lot of film classes. And so awesome. I can basically, I'm Alfred. I'm Alfred Hitchcock. I can I can basically run this bitch. When you said Alfred, I thought you meant... Batman's butler. I was like, what? <laughs> I serve my master. No. You know what? If it's Bruce, which it depends on which Batman we're talking about. If it's Michael Keaton, maybe. Michael Keaton's my favorite one. The, that Robin from Batman and Robin. Who was that? Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Mm. <laughs> Literally. That's what that, that big old homo Joel Schumacher was directing that one. That yeah. was very gay. That was oh, yeah. that, that was fighting for gay rights. <laughs> thank you, Joel. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Joel, for the nipple uh, suit. The the nipple armor. And Uma Thurman literally being a drag queen for like an hour and a half. What would y'all like to leave off on? If if anyone wants to work with y'all, if anyone wants to support y'all, if there's mm. anything in regards to that that I left out that I forgot, say your truth or peace or whatever that phrase is. Uh, so we're, we're part of the single monster makeup as our production company. Like our, our mission statement really has been just to like, to network and promote other queer art, like artists, like whether it's drag or filmmakers or musicians and really just kind of network and get our stuff out there. I think now more than ever, we have to be like unabashedly queer and get queer content out there as soon as fucking possible. Mm-hmm. Um, before and, it's all know, taken down. Yeah. It's all taken down. But like also just like, shut, let's start lifting each other up. Let's cut the bullshit. Um, I don't know. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Straight people, give us your money. Yeah. And if you're that yeah. bitch that messaged me today saying that I shouldn't ask people for money, fuck you. Michael, what? I don't I don't think you were there for that, Michael, when I brought that no. up. Some and woman how- messaged me today, and I, because yesterday was my drag birthday uh, and day of recording this, and she said to me that she was not going to support me at my shows anymore because I asked for money on my anniversary, which is ridiculous and rude. And I blocked her because, bitch, fuck you. Give me your straight money. Yeah. Your, your kin, your cousins, and your family are causing these things to happen to us where we might not have rights anymore. So fuck you. And give us money. Support right. queer artists. Y'all right. have had it good for too long. Where can we find y'all? If people want to support you, if they want to buy your movie, if they want to watch your movies, if they, where, where is St. Drogo going to be? How can we get in contact? What is your mailing address? Can we <laughs> ship you a box? You can always ship us a box. Is that the, directed to me? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, you can find uh, Death Drop Gorgeous if you would like to watch it. Uh, it's on Shudder, Tubi, and basically anywhere else you can stream anything. Um, Tubi's the free option with ads for all you cheap people that don't want to give us your straight dollars um, but if you're gay then, go ahead girl yeah go for it uh and then we're on twitter instagram and facebook if you just search death drop gorgeous or saint drogo will pop up there if you're rich and you have money and you want to support saint drogo indiegogo is still up as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we have we're gonna have post-production costs that are gonna be annoying what, what does that entail? You know what? No, answer that after. A lot of weird fucking shit that we didn't know about till Death Drop. Would it like, be like marketing or like... I mean, marketing's part of it, but that's not even the part we didn't know about. There's like weird things you have to get in order to... Like, you have to buy your title deed. You have to get... What, what was it? It was like weird insurance. You have to get E&O insurance. That's like $4,000. It's like insane, random, weird shit. I'm just going to upload mine to YouTube. Yeah, one hundred. Anytime you think you're done, you're never done. It's like it's like, oh yeah, we're all ready to go, and it's like, oh, they have to pay this other stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people say you don't have to pay the you know, tax, so I'm gonna look. We're gonna look into it a little bit more this time. So. <laughs> you said someone is duping us. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that's what it was essentially. Like it was just like what like there's only two people in America that do E and O insurance or whatever too. So there's like this weird monopoly of there's just these two people that give it. Mm-hmm. Like so it there is people just taking advantage, I think. America. Oh, 100%. America. Brandon, where can we find you? I'm on all the social medias. Uh, easiest way to find me is just going on to the St. Drogo uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, and we're all, we're all tagged in there. You'll see us sharing stuff. Um, I'm, I think I'm just Brandon Paris on Twitter. Um, Blood Believe on Instagram. And, and Facebook, I, I'm really on Facebook. Venmo but, uh, Cash App. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the Venmo and Cash Oh, I don't have Cash App, but yeah. I'm on TikTok, unfortunately, too, trying to figure out this advertising shit. It's a hell yeah. show. Well, you know what? If you need someone in social marketing, let me know, because my degree okay. works on that. <laughs> After I was just like, I don't use I don't use social medias. Look, if I had to do it for work, I'll do it. OK, not when I'm my own boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm Tara Carr. That's T E R R A H C A R D. You can find me under most platforms under that name. And stay on the line at Stay on the Line Podcast on most platforms as well. You can also support this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stay on the line, where we have sewing tutorials at the highest tier, at the $7 tier. And at the $3 and $7 tier, we have the full video edition of the podcast. Uh, audio versions at the $1 tier, commentary tracks at the $1 tier. So you get something for just showing your ass up. Oh. Yeah. I wish I could sew and make my own clothes. I learned through YouTube. Y'all talked about, like, self-taught. I learned through YouTube. I've only been sewing for five years, or six years. It's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Serving cunt. Serving... What, 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 uh, what is this sea creature? Um... I don't remember. My brain doesn't work. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not an ostrich. Starts with an ostrich. O. No, what? What is the sea creature called? Urchin. 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 <laughs> Serving a sea urchin on a platter. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm Tara Card. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike Hearn. And I'm Brendan Paris. And make sure you all stay on the line where the audio sometimes works. bye have you ever wanted to support the continuation of stay on the line but you don't know how well here's how on patreon.com you can support the stay on the line podcast for just one dollar each tier has their separate benefits some include early access to episodes video additions to the podcast commentary tracks and much more not convinced yet i'll show you how to even sew a little on the patreon yeah you too could be a fashion girl up in this bitch so if you would like to support head over to patreon.com forward slash stay on the line and you can start supporting the podcast and its continuation today